Guess what? We've just started our very own Catching Up With Cub community and we want you to be part of it. Head to cub.club forward slash podcast and subscribe today to receive a weekly email with exclusive content from every episode. Have the ability to speak directly with our Catching Up With Cub team to help us build the best show possible and receive invites to special events where you'll meet and hear from our guests along with other incredible business owners. Head to cub.club forward slash podcast now and join the community. Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today I catch up with Cub member Robbie Allison, CEO of Quality Vend, a vending machine company and director in Black Rue Industries, a charity that works to provide disadvantaged Indigenous youths a path to a better future. In this conversation, we discuss the importance of all people having a path forwards. Whether it be your team members in the office or disadvantaged youths, a path forward is essential for all people to progress and accomplish their goals in life. Robbie also shared the fundamental principles any person can have and use to accomplish great things. Enjoy the show. We have not caught up in a very long time. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Had, um, uh, you were just saying, you're impressed with our new podcast room. Loving it. Look at this. It's pretty fancy. I know. It's, we've been uh, hiding it from the members, but uh, we're actually building one next door, which which the community will be able to book as well. I, I, the best part about this is that, I was worried that I'd be coming to your house and you'd be in a bathrobe or something and I'd be like, oh, dude. Like, Worry, well, yeah. that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we'd maybe work. Yeah. The, the first, I mean. Get the ratings up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get on to serious topics. Um, um, you've got, you've been working on quite an exciting new project. Yes, sir. Um, I guess not that new. When, when did you start in 2019? So it, it started uh, in 2016. Um, Steve, who's a Camillaro fella, uh, was basically driving down uh, the road and saw one of his first workers uh, on a Sunday wearing this outfit. And just for the for the, for the listeners who aren't watching, you're wearing a high vis. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. sorry, high vis, okay. uh, not bathrobe. Repeat, yeah, no. not <laughs> bathrobe. Um, and he pulled over and he said, "You know what's going on, uh, brother?" And and the fella said, "Well, when I wear this around the shops, I'm not treated, you know, uh, bad. Uh, I won't say what." what he actually said, but uh, so so Steve just had one of those light bulb moments where he's like, you know, um, being a, a proud Camilleroy man, he was he he wants to put back to 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 his um, community and to the wider community, and it just became one of those things where he's like, right, I have got to do something about it, and uh, and then from there we've uh, we've subsequently um, grown a charity called Blackroo, so Blackroo Community Indigenous Corporation uh, is is the main entity and then underneath that we've got four uh, different components to it. So um, you're looking at Black Emu where we're running a Cert 2 Pathways to Construction course up in a in a correction centre northern New South Wales called Belunda. Now Belunda means second chance down by the river and uh, and what's pretty amazing about it was that uh, our first set went through um, a couple of months ago and we had four fellas uh you know, get through this program. Yesterday we were up there and we we did a graduation. We had eleven blokes coming through. We are now at a point where we've got young fellas who have who have probably messed up a bit, and they 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 need that second chance. They they're putting their hand up. So, 
um, when they're coming before the courts, they're saying, you know, look, I know I've done wrong. I want to do something different. And and we're getting them and we're we're motivating them. We're getting the big arm around them. We're, we're encouraging them. We've got two of the best weapons up there. So we've got a guy named Adam and Jason and, and these fellas also, Kamalori, uh, lads, they they get around these guys and they, they are 100% there. Um, so when these guys come in, they come in obviously under dis- different circumstances, a lot of them affected by drugs and alcohol. And, and what we've got to do is dry them out, set them up, and just what we've got to do is get them to commit to the high-vis. Um, I think a lot, what happens at the moment uh, is that there's a lot of people out there that don't know what to do. So inertia gets the better of them. And what we do is that we we show them how to work. We get in front of them. And that's the key why this is so successful. And so is the is the purpose of it, it well, sorry, the purpose of it is to give um, Indigenous, uh, is, is specifically Indigenous? At, at the moment we're specifically Indigenous because um, that's how we came about from Steve's uh, pathway. But yeah. Um, look, we we want we don't we we don't want to just look at one set of people. Yeah. We we want to just we want to get this program. We want to get to 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 guys that are that you know need Young to make that yeah yeah d- just disadvantaged just need to youths. make that change. Like you know, yeah. everybody knows that fella who you know that that did the wrong thing, but may not have been a bad bloke. You know, we we've got some criteria that we won't accept into into our fold. Um, and and there are things around uh, you know things that we don't think should be rehabilitated. There's there's some stuff there that's just yeah, not right. You, you cross the line. There's yeah. got to be a line. There is a line. Yeah. Well, there's our line, right? But what we do is that we get you. You come in most of the time with these fellas. Their dads haven't worked. They haven't been around strong role models. And so we just get in there and and we work next year. We show you how to work. So that's the first part. Black Emu. It's a weapon program. It's doing really good. We want to expand it into other places, and we're, we're super proud of it. Next part is called Blackberry Industries and that's where we're working inside of um, uh, uh, like facilities at the moment like the John Moroney Correctional Centre where we're actually making a thing called the Gibney Barrier. So the Gibney Barrier is a stop and go sign and what it's doing is it's getting people a metre and a half off the road. Now one of the problems at the moment is that uh, last year there was um, there was a person that was actually uh, just mowed down on a stop and go sign in Queensland um, and what happened was the fellow was texting just drove straight over the person, didn't see him, right? The the the, the gentleman, the guy in the car was texting. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Somebody didn't go home, and so what 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 the goal by Fulton Hogan is is to get people off the road. So what we say about this thing is that you know we're we're saving lives on the road and changing lives in the shed. It's a low cost model, so every traffic company out there can can get their worker off the road, and and so that so that's that's not. Uh, uh, indigenous focused or focused on disadvantaged people. No, no. So, so the, why are, why is that relevant to? So these are incarcerated men, right? So these okay. are these are inside of correctional facilities in New South Wales. So John Moroney Correctional uh, and St Hilliers are, are two of our main locations where we're doing this work. So they're making they're making a light metal fab item inside mm. the prison. TAFE instructors in there. We've got people in there giving them training and skills and training. So now, what's super cool about it is that. Um, we're making this under license to Fulton and, and our fellas actually got in there and made it better. So we've actually got now the, the what we believe is the best Gibney Barry out there and we're hoping that over the course of like the next couple of months as, you, as you're driving down the road, you never see somebody on a lollipop, right, that, you know, that's standing in the middle of the road. We want them off the road. That's our goal. Um, so that's part of Black Roo Industries. Um, I, want, I want to just stop there and, and, and kind of focus the conversation, slow it down and focus on – what you actually think 
um, the, the core problems are at the moment that are that are impacting uh, these uh, young indig- indigenous community. So um, you mentioned uh, by being given a path forwards and the skills to to do something. That's that's something that's needed. It, that's obviously something that uh, is lacking at, at the moment in the community. So, would you say? So, like, I'm not indigenous, so I can't speak on behalf of of how people grow up in some rural areas and stuff like that. Um, what I what I see from when they they get to us is a, a common theme of, of of blokes not knowing how to work, right? Bl- blokes not knowing what to do, and then you know, and their parents never did it. So I, you know, I, we we had a, a situation where we've got a you know, like you know, we got a fella that had a quite a large uh, set of train fines. He was just trying to get to prison because he didn't know what to do with himself, right? So. Um, one of the things that's really cool about being in Cubs, of course, is that you're around everybody here is a hard worker. You have to be because you can't own a business without, you know, being a hard worker. So, you know, you think about the crew of people around here, everybody's got that ethic, but not everybody has that ethic. It can be not, everybody, not everybody has that community yeah. as well or has a, com- has a community around them that uplifts. Yeah. And I really think that's that's um, uh, that's – could and look, I'm not an expert on the on the topic, but from from my perspective, uh, I really think that is what you guys are on a mission to solve is yep. to provide uh, is to to build a more uplifting community around uh, Indigenous youth who who could have potentially come from communities um, that uh, to reasons that aren't uh, their own um, uh, are in dis- disadvantage disadvantageous positions yeah, yeah. So, and and having uh, role models and having uh, paths forward and having in the same way I have a mentor or my my old man would have said you know you can do this you know, but but providing that mentorship that yep. community yep. that's really what yeah. what I, doing. I, I like to call it the big arm you get the big arm around him like just you know everybody needs a hug mm. uh, everybody needs needs to know that there's somebody there to to help them out um a lot of blokes can't ask for help. That's not specific to Indigenous people. That's blokes, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, like, Tough. Well, yeah, and 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 that's rubbish. Like, so, you know, so one of the things that we see as well is that, like, um, another part of, of what Blackroo does is called Blackroo Community. So this last Christmas we did 316 hampers, which was a which was a thousand toys for kids in the in the Musbrook area. So that's that's finding some of the families that we know are affected by drugs and alcohol or or less fortunate that may not have the money, right? And what we do is that we we made up hampers to make sure that we we got toys on a bed at, at Christmas time. Um, and we also do a, things like a barbecue trailer. So we've got the most pimped out barbecue trailer known to man. It's got the strobe lights. It's got everything. It's got triple burners. This Tim the Tall Man Taylor would look at this thing and just like just think it's the best thing ever. So you can come and get that. Uh, from us up in Musselbrook, you can take it anywhere you want for any of your community function, any anything to do with your netball team stuff like that. Raise money with it, and then bring it back clean and and it, and uh, and tidy. And as long as you do that, we won't charge you for it. And that's one of the ways that the boys are, are trying to show that they've that that you know that they're wanting to be better and and they're wanting to improve. And so you know we, we had um, huge support from. Um, from guys to help us do that, uh, which has been really good. And so, so those sorts of things, um, you know, uh, one of the other things that we do, which is not uh, directly related to 
uh, Indigenous people is called Discos for Disability. So uh, we'll call it Interact. It's, it needs a better name. Maybe somebody from the cub community can give us a branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so what we do is that we get kids that have got disabilities, uh, we get them together, theme it up. So it might be it might be an Italian, might be Chinese, whatever, but we just, you know, a local DJ come in, we get people get them having a dance in a nice non-threatening environment because, um, you know, sometimes kids can be shits and, you know, if you've got a disability or or or, or something of that nature and, and, you know, going to a disco and stuff like that can be a little bit hard. So we get we get you all together, get in, have a dance, and, and that's that's some of the coolest shit you'll like. There's nothing better than that. And so, so you're, clear, you're clearly doing a lot for the community and, and for, for Australia. Yep. But you also run a very successful business, and we'll get into that later. But but what's caused you to focus so much of your time and energy on on I guess giving back to the community, and in particular the um, the uh, indigenous community? Uh, it's so when I was younger, I used to go up to the the, the mines a bit. Where, where I, are you from? Uh, oh, I'm Garden Variety Sydney. Okay, uh, so <laughs> so I went with the Toon Gabby area. Uh, this. It's uh yep uh and you know it's and so you, wait you're from Toon Gabby yeah yeah so Wentworthville so just at where Toon Gabby Wentworthville uh intersect along been along the road there there's where I I grew up and it's actually quite funny because when I moved to Piermont when you say Wentworthville everybody goes Wentworth Falls like and no no Wentworthville um and so my nickname became Sevo because I was like you know Seven Hills and like yeah 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 just near there so um had a great upbringing you know good good parents um you know. Uh, Firm dad, all that sort of stuff. So, was your upbringing uh, one where you you yourself were uh, given a good community of mentors, or or was it not? Oh, I've I've always been uh, pretty lucky. Uh, like I'm a, you know, I'm a tall, dorky white guy. It's been given to me a lot, right? So there's there always people have always helped us. I've learned early to ask for help. It's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty um, you know, it's you know, it's pretty easy pathway. It's just I don't a know. Bit I, d- I disagree with that. I mean, it has its advantages. There, yep. there's, there's communities and demographics of people that that um, uh, have a have a, a taller climb. Yep. But uh, I don't think just because you're white that it's <laughs> it means it's easy to get to the top. Nah. But, yeah. Oh, look, I for, still very hard from my work career. It's been it's been incredibly hard. Oh, I'll tell you some stories. You'll just go, Christ. But the thing is that like, you know, from, from me, I'm, I'm just, you know, I look like the next guy, it's easy. It's whatever. Right. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, really good folks. Um, I was lucky to, to always have, you know, my dad used to say losing his character forming, you know, sort of thing. You know, if I, when I played comp sport, if I won, uh, and I acted like a, you know, show off, he'd, that's he he'd be dirty like you know and go shake the other guy's hand and you know it's just a you just had a good good way yeah, a good mentor yeah, yeah sort of thing and and very hard worker and so you know you learn those types of things I I, I remember I started a I remember when I was younger I, I I thought I'd cut the lawn and get some money and I did a crap job and you know he made me stay out there till like nine thirty at night. My mum was screaming, you know, she was kicking him out of the house. He's, you know, he, and my dad's like, he's not coming in until he does the job, mm. you know, and finished the job and learnt a work ethic and and you know, it's it saved me through COVID. It, it it's it's got us to where I am and where it takes me to in the future comes from the back of all those sorts of things. So I, I want to give that to to other people, and that's what we believe in. And, and I guess where it came from was that when I I. When I met Steve in 
2018, I just saw a fella who, you know, th- this guy could drive a Porsche and live on the water, right? And he, you know, and he rents and he's and he just gives every dollar he can uh, to help his people. And, and Steve I, is the uh, founder of Black Roo. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's an Indigenous uh, yeah. man, but what was the uh, Camilleroy? What does that mean? I was going to ask you before you were talking. What, what's Camilleroy? Is that from a region? Yeah. For, which region is yeah, that? So uh, up in sorry, Mus- that's a stupid no, question. No, no, as well. no, no. So I, and, and, and I'm sure uh, a lot of listeners. No, nah, uh, look, it's uh, I think sometimes with with stuff like this, you know, people are sort of a bit awkward about asking and things of that nature. And I don't know half the stuff, like you know, that I, I probably should know. I just I just get a bloke and try and fix him. Like so, that's that's what I do. But um, I think also, the more people understand about a culture yep. and a community, the more empathy and uh, relatability people can have yep. uh, for a community. And and I think um, the situation regarding, particularly the indigenous community, is absolutely appalling. What they've uh, been through historically and and what that's caused long term. That is um, that was something that was caused, but it's also something that can be. If something's caused, it can also be fixed. Yeah. Um, and I think the more understanding people can have, like the more, the more, like I would know, and the listeners know about um, the, uh, you know, the different names of. I don't know if they're the names of the people from those areas, or is it the tribe from that area? I don't even know uh, that. But the more, like, shows how little uh, I know. Okay. The more people know, yeah. I think the more can be done. I, I think teaching it in schools would be amazing, like getting getting more of, I it, agree. More, more of it out there. If you um, – so I was driving through uh, northern New South Wales yesterday, right, um, and sort of in, in some remote area, right, and um, if you ever see like a dead man's creek, right, what people don't know about that is that – they used to poison the creek, right? And they'd put a sign up so that you'd know not to drink from the creek. And because Indigenous people couldn't read English, they'd go and drink from the creek. Like mm. that's stuff that's happened now. Like that's that shit, right? On on any on any spectrum. My my take on the thing and my my idea of it and all that sort of stuff was that when I got around Steve and I, you know, this is kind of like I. I, I met Steve and I and I was talking to him. I watched him give a speech, and uh, and I was like, "Mate, you are you know young fellow." So one New South Wales Young Achiever of the Year in uh, twenty twenty. How old is he? Uh, so he's thirty. He's about to be thirty one. I was a really young. Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like one of the things for 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 me is that like I when I when I got around him, I was listening to this fellow. I was going, "Mate, like you've you've got you've, you know you're." You're just going to do this, right? You know, I I was at a stage in my uh, business career where I I you know I kind of wanted to be doing something that wasn't just about what I did. I needed something else, and you know, when I met him, I was like, this is this is going to be for me. And then subsequent to that, in 2019, we went to that was the, like the last supply nation before COVID, and and it was still almost like a fringe fest at that point. It was like this outside thing. It was you know people came along, but it wasn't. You know, people didn't really know. And then this last uh, Supply Nation, which happened a couple of months ago, was probably one of the biggest things. It's now, you know, the government. So Steve was on the Oil and Gas Committee and uh, Steve with um, uh, Minister Dominello wrote the, uh, the the policy when uh, Mr Dominello was part of the, um, was the Indigenous Minister for the 3%. And then once he got finance minister, he implemented that. And so Steve's Steve's done uh, like 
what Steve's done is for- is 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 an impressive guy. Yeah, and but you mentioned saying quite interesting. So if you you have a successful vending machine, yes, business sir. called Quality Vend. Yes, right. And but you said I wanted to do more than just what I was doing. Does that mean that you felt that uh, your business? You that you felt I would disagree with it, but that you felt that it wasn't contributing enough um, in a meaningful way to the world, and so you were looking for something to do in addition um, to 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 make your contribution. So, uh, and I'm also getting a sense of like almost when you were talking about your um, your old man and and uh, yep. being white, um, and <laughs> um, uh, like. Is there a sense of guilt in that? Oh, no, I man. didn't have that, and so nah, I- nah, nah, nothing to do with that. No. So okay. the uh, so the thing was that like oh, I I'm so proud of what I've got as a as a business. So QV is is I believe you know the best vending company out there, right? Which is quality vending. Yep. Is so QV. call it QV. Um, I I was I was I've had a fortunate career, right? I've, it's a career on the back of ridiculous hard work, but you know I. I, I was going to go surfing for a year and my dad was like, no, you're not, sunshine. Go down the road and get a job, right? There's, there's no there's no gap years around here. And uh, so the thing that was funny was, uh, you know, living when we went, went down to Northmead, walked up to this fella, said, do you like working at Coke? And the guy goes, yeah. And I go, look, I'm thinking about getting a job here. And he's like, really? And I go, yep. And he goes, okay. And he's chatting to us. And now I don't realise that this fella that's standing there is the head boss of Coke, right? I've just walked up and started talking to somebody and they were changing the-, the <laughs> funny. Yeah, so changing the- I did, Later on, I, I, I saw the, the cabana that was there, the, where everybody would hide to have their smokes and stuff away from the head boss. And I'm talking to this fellow, I'm, I'm back in the day, this is before your time, um, but there was a thing called a microfiber suit. It's good that it's been outlawed. Um, and you wore a Disney tie and that was the, that was the fashion for a lad at the time. And, uh, and so I'm dressed there in the formal outfit, you know, sort of thing. I've got a red wagon, um, you know, and I just said to this fella, look, I've got the red wagon. I need a job. Like, let's get me in here sort of thing. And so anyway, he, they were changing the size of the shelves in Coles and Woolies. And to my luck, they just needed a big fella to come and help them. So I jagged a job in a company, which, um, Subsequently, obviously, you, you know, to get into Coke now, you probably need a couple of degrees or you need to, you need to be fairly, um, you know, you've got to have a qualification and I didn't have anything. And, and the beauty of Coke was that it, it is almost like a uni course because every new age bit of marketing that comes through goes through brands like that first. Um, and so there I am working in Coke taking – and I took every sort of job that nobody wanted – um, and it was really funny. There was one time there where I literally went in for a job interview and they were like, um, you know, they started to talk to me and I was just shaking my head and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm shaking my head and they're going, Robbie, you've got to say something. I'm like, no, I know you've asked everybody else. There is, I, I know the people that have turned it down. I know you've gone to the market. I know you've gone everywhere, right? You've gone everywhere and I am the only bloke that wants this job and I reckon I've got it and if I talk, I'm going to fuck it up. And they just went, is this what you think? And I go, I know it. Like, that's what I know. So I'm just going to sit here, say nothing, and at the end of this you're giving me the job. And they and the, and they just went, yeah, well, you've got the job, right, <laughs> but we're going to need a bit more than that. I'm like, nah, I'm like, this can only go bad for me. And so, so that's how you got your first job at, at Coca-Cola. Nah, so this all. was a pretty – this was getting into a pretty senior 
um, senior job. So it was for to run the uh, state rail account. And at that point in New South Wales, you know, you had Maccas. There was a couple of really big accounts. And so I, I, I was responsible for it. And uh, I managed to, to buy retailing and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up um, for the first time getting it into a, uh, a profitable spot, which was really cool. And, um, and, and did a really good job. And I was the last guy on the team to get picked. And so, and so that was pretty cool. And then subsequent to that, you know, it was one of the things that I always think is, is on my, that really is on my side is that, um, I actually, uh, for the next job, uh, I was at a point where they didn't have an assessment center on me, like, you know, those assessment tests and stuff like that. Um, and it was actually, it was actually kind of funny because, um, they were like, you've, you've got to do one now because of the amount of people I had working for us at the time. And I was like, I'd always ducked it. Um, and so what, what's this, this is to assess your character or to assess yeah, your performance? It's, no, nah, it's the char- it's the one, it's like your math skills, your English, oh, it's yeah. your, you know, oh, when you're the, trying to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been avoiding it for, so I still haven't done yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, and just, uh, cause I do like, uh, the podcast and listen to it. I also, I mean, I was a dyslexic fella. So, yeah. so, you know, I like if, and Steve's also dyslexic. So it's quite funny if we, if we have a meeting uh, with a customer on George street and it's 152 and you know, one of us will show up somewhere, um, you know, we might not get it. It's a one in three chance for us to get it right. Um, but the thing that was funny was that I, I went through the assessment center and they, they actually worked out that I was the dumbest guy to work at Coke. <laughs> so they sat us down and they said to us, Robbie, we, we can't work out how you, we don't even know. Prison. How, yeah. How, how, did, how did you get the job here? Uh, how did you, like, how, how is this? And how can you manage so many people? Uh, how can you, like, what is, you know, what, like, this is, this doesn't make sense. And so, uh, and, and so, yeah, so at that point it was, it was quite funny. And I think that's always been, um, to me, my, my strongest, um, the thing that's strongest about us is that anywhere I go, so when I was in year one and they worked out that I couldn't read properly, um, I repeated year one. And then at the end of that year, they wanted to repeat me again. I'd probably still be in year one if they hadn't <laughs> fucking, if my, but, my, my mum went down to the school and they said, look, he's just, just move him on kind yeah. of thing. And <laughs> but but you, you, you raise a big question, which is um, um, how, how, what is your secret? to to success in life because i mean you rose the ranks of coca-cola amatol you uh, and and uh, we're about to get into it but i I know you also then got involved with a a separate business which uh, did well against coca-cola uh from what i understand i think they bought you and then you opened another business yourself so you've obviously had and now you're contributing to the country by supporting indigenous so you're you, you have success in life yet you, <laughs> you were the dumbest person. Fucking idiot! Coke. Like just this guy. <laughs> but so my my question is. Sorry, by the way, for the readers of, of uh, for the podcast people out there that that uh, don't get to see this, Dan's actually put his socks on his hands now and has started talking <laughs> to me just to make it a bit more easy for for our communication. But, no, but my my question is, what do you think? And and believe me, I've met a lot of really successful people and there's not one type of person that becomes successful. There are common traits though. And I'd love to hear what you think your superpower is as to why you are able to achieve what you have already in life Um, and what I'm sure you'll continue doing. So uh, you just like, uh, I can't be broken. So there's there's Um, a point there where- Resilience. Yeah. It's just uh, uh, like you got to have- you got to have something that you that you're working towards. The one of the things that was funny, actually. So I worked in Coke. That I realised that I wanted. I, I knew what my my pathway was going to be, and so 
I, I merged, uh, I was part of, uh, there were a couple of us, we merged uh, some businesses together across Australia, made the largest independent vending company uh, and basically got bought out by Coke. And that was my seed money to start my business. Um, and so you had a small percent in that business yep. and and that was your jump to, bang, yep. I can do this on my own now. Yep. Which I think is a very important step to highlight because a lot of people um, don't have money to start uh, any business. Yep. And that, those people, it doesn't mean you can't get into business. It means, okay, what's the step before starting a business yep. that I need to achieve in order to then start? The, the, um, the, the, the Yeah, so in the first year of, of my business, like my business is a very capital intensive business, right? So I've got to buy a lot of, buy a lot of vending machines, right? So, um, and goods and things yeah, to fill them yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, all I do is just, you know, there, there was a year there I turned over 3.2 um, and, you know, my expenses were 3.1. Like mm-hmm. it was just, you know, that was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, well, well, actually a while ago now that was, but it was funny because the thing was that it's just like you're just constantly buying stuff. It's one of those types of uh, industries where you've, you you take 10 years before you start to see anything, but one day it's almost like you go over this metaphorical ledge and then there's money. But mm. you've got to be you got to be disciplined, you've got to be hard, you've got to live like this. Resilient. You yeah. taste that resilience you talk Have marked down fridge in the food. It tastes the same. You'll be fine, right, you sort of thing. I don't have a goiter on my neck uh, for the listeners that are out there. Um, and so the thing is that there's none of that sort of like you've just got to really be able to live lean and 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 kick it hard um, and, and before you know it, um, I think Gates was the guy that said, you know, you overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in 10 years. And if you look back and for anybody out there kicking off at the moment, eating the grilled cheese at two in the morning, trying to get it done, five years from now, when you look back, you'll go, fuck, look where, like, fuck, how far have I got down the field, mm. right? And that is just, you know, and it's and it's that sort of just staying, you know, disciplined into it. And I, I think that's that's always been my thing is that when everybody else goes home, I've stayed out working and it's and I've just outworked my debt, I've outworked my problems, I've outworked everything that's come up and and eventually, you know, one day uh Robbie will, will be wearing I don't know some linen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> some loafers, but it's high vis for I'll, a while. I'm so. going to I'm going to get you your first cashmere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let me know when you're yeah, ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll knot it up. And, uh, I don't know how to look over the hobbies. I was wearing yeah, that yeah, today, yeah. So, but, but one day that'll come for us. And, and I think I think one of the things that I've learned with partnerships and things like that as well is that when, you, when you're going down the, the road uh, and you're forming a partnership with somebody or something like that, um, my advice to people that I've, I've, I've learned the hard way is that you should both write down exactly what you want over like the next five years and turn it over at the same time like a game of snap. And if it's the two people have the same thing, you're going to have a successful partnership. And if they're oddly different, you'll only go as far as the – Oh, that's a good idea. You're saying before you conf- before you formalise a partnership yep. with someone, make sure you both have the a similar right goal de- over the next I, five I, I've, years. I've, I've said this to – when people ask me about stuff – this is this is my superpower that I've learned the hard way from 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 splitting up with people is that I know how far down the road I want to go. If you only want to come a bit of the way, we can't be partners. Like it's just not going to work. Everybody, like say if you're and that's just, a good idea. Yeah, but just if you both write it down at the same time, blind across the thing, and then you turn it over at the same time, you go right. This is what I want. You will know if this is going to be a successful partnership. And if one says I want 
three grand a week and I'd be happy and some says, you know, 30, there's going to be a problem. Like, you know, because the the one that gets it first will stop working, right? And the one that wants it the most is going to then be frustrated and all that sort of stuff. I think it couldn't be more. It's a a great lesson. Yeah. And and so just to reiterate in in terms of because – I mean, you're from Toongabi, you um, had a great mentor, but you had to work very hard for everything you've got. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you claim to be... Um, um, dumbest guy in the, the room. Dumbest, dumbest guy, guy in the room. I've got to make that the title of the episode. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going no, to. No, no, no. I want that. Fucking I'm, I'm fucking... <laughs> no, Brother, I'm, I'm, no. I'm here for the title. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> I, 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 but anyway... Give me my, the fucking my, ribbon my now. My point like, is, from, yeah. from what I'm getting yep. from you anyway, it, 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 what I'm getting from you anyway, is it doesn't matter... Uh, who you are, whether you came from uh, a situation like yours, worse, better, yep. d- doesn't matter, what, whatever, dyslexic, not dyslexic, whatever you are, what you think got you to where you are today is your resilience, your commitment, discipline, and just your work ethic. Yep. They're, they're, they're the things yep. that anyone can, these things are chosen yep. is what's funny. These aren't born things. These yep. are chosen yep. things. Um, and I think that ties really well into um, what – what we're talking about with um, uh, being able to teach people, yep. young people, uh, disadvantage, anyone, pe- people in general, you can teach people fundamental principles that will progress them forwards in life. And I also think that people realising, and this relates to your team at work as well, not just disadvantaged people, but if people have a path forwards and they believe that that path is possible, and they can envision themselves going down that path, those people are going to work a lot harder and stay with you longer. As a team, I'm not not even talking about uh, disadvantaged people. As a team, your your team, each of them should have a clear path forwards and how to get there, what it's going to look like, and and that's going to motivate them more. So so I've got – I've just got a crew of weapons, right? So the the QV crew, like what I do is is trying to like be some sort of leader – is I, I want to know what you're going to help me get to my dream, right? You're, this is going to be hard for the, lead, uh, the the people out there to understand, but to me, I fucking love vending machines. They are just like this is. I was actually on the front cover of uh, of the vending time. There's actually a vending magazine in the world. <laughs> I was on the front cover of it in in October, uh, twenty sixteen, and I went to the Ivy. And I thought there'd be a fucking queue for me. I thought people would just be there wanting autographs. And it turned out that that it wasn't that popular. Um, but that's when I when I'm serving my customer, when when the thing's filled and it's clean and it's got the right products in it and everybody's happy and and the guys are going around and doing their runs and everything's going on. I, I love life, right? This is just, I'll look at it and go, this is brilliant. It's amazing sort of thing because all the complexities that go into this business is a super complex business with a simple front on it, right? And the thing is that like one of the things I do with my crew is I, I like I've just helped one of my young fellas get a mortgage, right? So, you know, between um, just hounding him to save his money and do the right thing and then um, I, I kind of stepped in when he had a bit of a problem getting getting the because it was a new build and stuff like that but i can look at all my boys uh that work for us um and uh well everybody and uh, like you i want to know what your dream is i want to know what you want like you tell me where you want to go because if you're going to help me get to where i've got to go if i'm not helping you like then this can't work right that's a very important point it's something people forget about you're in a partnership 
with each of your, I don't even call people employees, I call team members. Yeah. You're in partnership with them because they are certainly helping you achieve uh, what you, what your aspirations yeah. are. But it's a two-way street. You need to be helping them achieve what their current aspirations so are. And I, eventually their aspirations may break off from yours, yeah. right? They might, you may no, no longer be, it may, yeah. it may not become, it may, you may lose the two-way. You, your contribution to them might change. They don't need that anymore. They need something else. They're probably going to leave at that point, but that's fine because businesses are equal. It helps you get from point A to point B and you always need that two-way partnership beneficial partnership between yourself and every every one of your team members. So uh, look at this one. Um, it, it, perfect example is uh, Alison Calvin, right? Yeah, so uh, uh, Alison Calvin, both team members of Cub. Yeah. For the listeners. So the, so the thing is that here's two people. When I when I rocked into Cubs the first time, Alice greeted me. She was on the front door. Now she's running the show. Yeah, yeah. You, like uh, when you – sail past in the yacht, she's out there working hard. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what she's doing now. Calvin's running the joint. Like there's all this stuff. Like these people got given a pathway in, in what you do. Like if you look at what's happening. Now, if you employ somebody else, right, and they see, that oh, is wow, an fuck, like look at this. This isn't some, you know, he put somebody in from somewhere else. This is a ground-up businessman. And so you're going to get – like hopefully you've got better engagement, you've got better, you've got a, a better, tighter crew because if I start with you, I've got a place to go. Like and that's that's pretty big. And so, you know, having it with the QV crew, I've, I'm blessed with the fact that my uh, business partner in QV is one of the nicest, he's a country type fella who's just the world's nicest bloke, right? And we, we what we talk about is, you know, you know what? What are the what are what are what do they need? Like who who needs what and where do we need to help them and what? And the thing is that like if my 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 crew work in a delivery business, we're a delivery business, right? And it's been fucking raining, right? Now it's been flooding. Yeah. <laughs> now there's there's a lot of people calling in sick, and my guys are out there working wet, right? Now I'll get up in the morning, I'll go work with a fella at three four in the morning, right, to show him that you know if you're going to get wet, wet, I'll come get wet with you, right? But the thing is that, like, and that's what we we do to stand next to the guys to know, hey, I know this is bad at the moment, but, you know, it's never always that bad. But the thing is that, like, they, they're they doing it because they know that the, the they're working for some sort of family style or so I don't know if it's family, but it's it's there's this just there's, – there's some fellas that really want to believe in what they want to do as well. And I, I, I want to find ways to help all of my crew. They're going to want to help – us get to the dream of QV being the you know the 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 biggest ever and and the best ever like the really and our customers get amazing service from us and and our customers see that during COVID we took a massive fucking hit we got we're in offices right so when I did a contract for tell like, tell, tell me about that and it, because I know that COVID for you was extremely bad. Uh, for your business model, but also explain why it was bad for your business model. So uh, so the way a, a vending company works is that we supply and maintain the vending machine for free, which gives the per- perspective to the people that it's a free vending machine, right? But it, it cost me $10,000, $13,000, right? To purchase. Yeah. So the thing is that – and then like – I, I got nearly a million bucks worth of vehicle leases. None of them are a Porsche. They're all vans. Like how un, take that to the Ivy, right? That's that's not getting you far, right? So the thing is that like I've got to spend. I got uh, uh, a little over four hundred and fifty thousand bucks worth of coin and 
and stock that just sit in the trade waiting for people to show up that I never get paid for. It just sits out there until the day that- you're, you're, the, Yeah, you're talking about stock. So all the yep. stuff that's in the vending machine all is the half a million and, dollars yeah, yeah. just sitting yeah, in just there sit, waiting just sit for someone there, to Just wait, waiting for somebody and to come not, along. And, and these vending machines are in offices. Yep. And people so were going to offices. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. had stock that wasn't so, moving essentially. So we have, um, like we've got industrial, we've got a widespread, but because we're a bigger business, right, when you've, like if you've got five vending machines and you've got one in an industrial, one in a, like when when that goes to a thousand vending machines, it's a, it's a big difference. And so the problem is that you've got you've got this situation where, like I, I did a, a, a national contract for a bank. One of the things they wanted to know my disaster recovery policy, right? Like what would happen if there was a disaster? And one of the negotiations was that, you know, they, they committed that they would never drop by 25%. The turnover would never drop by 25%. I was locked down in Melbourne for fucking ever, right? They they didn't we we got down to doing eight percent turnover, right, in our business in Melbourne, right? I, I kept everybody employed. I, I've I've went I, I, the the amount of money that I've 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 lost to keep my crew together is why we're going to be so successful now because everybody knew that like I, I always have this saying to people that um you know the bloke in the pub that's got the ute and he lets watches you move right so you've moved house and then he goes oh i should have why didn't you ask for the ute and you go well fuck mate i was here last weekend having a beer with you you, you knew i was moving but you didn't say anything. yeah you didn't <laughs> say anything about the ute loyalty comes from offering the ute before that i'm showing yeah and yeah. so the thing is that like i've my crew know how tight I, like how much I love them. They know what 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 I believe in. I've had a chance over like the last couple of years to put it where my mouth is and to just burn. Um, but the beauty of that is that it you know we're coming back so hard at the moment because we got to do like I got to do all this logistic stuff that you never get to do inside of uh, normal times. Like I can't swap your vending machine with with somebody else's because everybody complains. But if it's shut, so I did all these logistical stuff that was really good. But there's a, you know, the, the part with vending is that it's got all the issues of a company that's got a lot of high leases, right? It's got all the issues of a company that's got aging stock. It's got all the issues of of the, my accounts department. Like, fuck, you're working for a dyslexic fella and, you know, you don't want to be in that accounts department because I can't find my receipts. Where are they? They're in the wash. And and so the business model is, yep. is you make a percentage of – the whatever sold from yeah. the vending machine. So, so I, when there were offices were closed, essentially what happened is no, no one's buying anything from yep. the vending machines. We can't make any money. So things like credit card readers before um, COVID, I was a cash business, right? Now maybe five to ten percent of my business is cash, right? But those readers are quite expensive. They got you know, and they're on, and nobody's coming in, and so you've got stock in the vending machines. It was like there was. At one point there, I had a hundred and something thousand bucks worth of stock just on my floor in, in the Sydney warehouse that I was like working out what to do with. And, you know, we gave a lot away to charity. Um, we did some 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 pretty cool stuff with it that was good for the soul, but it's not good for the tax return. No, but also it's not about the tax return. It's about it's not good for keeping people employed. Yeah. You know, as a business owner, you're keeping people employed. And, yeah. And, I mean, you did as the, as the business owner – I think your your decision to keep everyone employed is very aligned with your character in that you 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 you're supporting communities. You want to raise people yeah. up and show people that you yep. care. Um, but um, but you also took the biggest risk in doing that. Yep. No one else did. You did. No. You took the risk of losing everything. Yeah. Or, or, and and I'm sure you were losing money as well. So you oh. were actually giving away. <laughs> so but but 
on the flip side to that, I do believe there's balance in this world. And as you're saying, now when everything starts returning, things keep coming back, yeah. it gets returned to you and, and it flips the other side where you make the biggest reward. So one of the, the things uh, that I, I can say is uh, my superpower, um, I guess, is that when COVID hit right now, everybody goes, but didn't you get rent relief? And I'm like, rent, my rent is one of the smallest. I don't have rent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I put them there for free. Yeah. No, my, my rent at my warehouse is nothing. Oh. It's, the, it's the leases on, on, on all the vending machines. You know, if you got five, six million bucks worth of vending machines and they've got leases on it. It makes them monthly payments. Yeah. So the thing is, and, and nobody's there going, Robbie will give you grace. Cause that was the area of the, um, of the, of of COVID where, sure, you got it at your warehouse, but you didn't get it where, like, for our type of business, but guys in retail took it. On other assets. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think one of the things was that I, I got out at the very beginning and because I'd always paid my bills and I'd, I was always straight with people, I told people right at the beginning, right, guys, I'm going to get through this. It's uh, you, you know, you're not going to, you know, see me, uh, you, you know, just – I'm not going anywhere. I will get through this. And and I worked out payment plans with everybody. So guys like Asahi, you know, next time you drink a Pepsi Max, uh, give them a bit of love because they loved me, right? Uh, the guys from Frucor, like the other week, it's actually funny, the head of credit actually went to Frucor's office and I had a bottle of uh, red wine and some flowers and I crawled on my knees across the floor of the uh, credit department going, Belinda, where are you, my lovely? Sort of thing. And she came over and gave us a big hug and uh, and people were like, what is this guy doing? And and, uh, and she's like, he's my, my, my chief, you know, sort of uh, pain point. Um, but the thing is that like, they've got to see you, they've got to, you've got to be, you've got to be working with all your suppliers to let them know that like, you've got to, you've got to be there at a point where they see you working really hard. You're living up to the plans that you set down with them. And they, and one of the good things about COVID was that you got to see who supported you and you got to see who really didn't give a rat's monkey. And I think it's really important that uh, like these big brands that did the right thing by smaller businesses, who are their partners? Because they're the people selling their product. Yeah. They get shit like Pepsi, for example. You're obviously going to sing highly Pepsi. Everyone yeah. now in all the thousands of listeners know that Pepsi did the right things by, yep. its, supply, by its partners. Like it's a good thing for these brands to do. And, and I think what you're describing, I mean, you're describing the importance of relationships. Yeah. And you're also describing the importance of just being a good person. Two-way communication, yeah. be honest. If you're going to do something, do it. If you're not going to do it, tell them. Because the, the funny thing is that like the the, the really good people that uh, – one thing that is actually uh, quite funny though, I took the, one of the fellas, Michael from Frucor out, and I, uh, uh, so down at the Domain Car Park and uh, went to show him some stuff and said, look, man, it, look, it's going to be bad for me, but look at my locations. Look where I've got. I've got marquee sort of sites. And I said, come and I'll show you around. So anyway, so as I started a walk in – Walked him over to this uh, this Jag coupe, right, and I sort of walked around the side of the driver's side, sort of thing. And this guy's face started like, going, "What's going on here?" Like I was about to get into the car, like, no, "Come, come, get in a van with me." What do you think this is like? And so anyway, so it's it's getting like these these people have to believe in you. Your suppliers have to believe in you because if they don't believe in you, like when you need help, they're not going to be there. Yeah. My customers were amazing. Like they saw they saw us all working, they saw how hard we did it and and they got behind us. This was a, this there's a lot of stuff that happened during covid that was actually good for the soul. Um so well, it just it just like the more I talk to you, the more I realize you really have cracked the code in terms of some of the fundamental things that anyone can learn in life. 
in order to progress forwards, yep. to, 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 to live a, a good life. And you said before that, like, uh, you, you work with um, uh, some, of your, uh, some of your boys, you work with them, uh, w- coach them through a bad time and tell them, that, yep. you know, it's not going to last forever. But I think also what you're doing on – you're doing that same thing with the uh, with your um, is it a charity your charity work or yeah, yeah. whatever the organize however you describe that organization, but uh, Black Root. But but you're 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 actually going to people who really uh, some of these disadvantaged people only see bad times. Yep. They don't see good times, and sometimes for in that situation, you actually need to show, hey, you know, it it doesn't. There are good. Yep. Yeah, you know, there is, there can be good. Yep. And and I've got a path for you to get there. Yep. And that's what I think you're doing so well. It's the importance of the path. You you're basically saying to people, look, there is a path to get to a good time, happy, yep. be happy. And here is a few, here is a couple of steps to do that. I'm working actually with a have you ever met Russell King? He's a member, his company's oh. called MEX Engineering. But his name's Russell King. He contacted me just on this topic of a path and I, why I think it's just so important, but it's also important for business because your team needs a path too. Yeah. But um, he contacted me, he's, his company and, he, and him is supporting uh, disadvantaged youths from the Coonabarabran cool. area. Awesome. And now I wouldn't fucking have any idea where Coonabarabran is other than the fact that uh, one of my very, very good friends who's also worked at Cab before, Tom Redden, uh, is from Coonabarabran. <laughs> yeah. So – when they approached uh, me with um, with what they're doing, which is they're trying to provide a path forwards, yep. a, a path to a positive place for the youth of Coonabarabran, yep. I jumped straight on it because I sure. knew where yeah. Coonabarabran was. <laughs> you had a place to say, yeah, yeah, you're showing up at Tom's house. He's which, just yeah, like, exactly, yeah, yeah, like uh, supporting the community. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, my point is because I knew it, you, you, that's what I was saying before, like the more you know about things, the more you want to help yeah. things. So. Anyway, what they're doing, which I think is really, really cool and interesting, and it's quite an easy jump for for youths, is they're giving them a path forwards with sports. Yeah. So they're basically saying, "Hey, listen, you could be a sports star, and because you're you're gifted, you're athletic, you're strong, um, but if you drink and do drugs and get arrested, that's not going to happen." Yep. And so at the moment, uh, we just uh, contributed helping them um, raise uh, some money to get the uh, disadvantaged youths of Coonabarabran to the Koori Cup, which is awesome. like a, uh, I think it's like yep. a footy, uh, a, a footy cup in that's, they play in Nowra, which ironically is next to where my farm is. So yeah, see, the more, you know, <laughs> yeah. the more you know about things, the more you want to get involved. Yeah. And I just think that's exactly the same, that the, a path to a better place, yep. I really think is the key yeah. to lifting disadvantaged people out of what seems like a never ending bad situation to a path to where, hey, this is how you get to good and to lift your business from one point to the next because you can give your team a path to uh, wherever they want to get as well. So I was, I was in at 40, 42. Uh, we've rehabilitated 116 fellas. In a in any other like government program, 88 out of 100 go back to prison. We've had one guy who we then put back through the program and we're up to 116. And Wait. So say so, so say that again. If you've got a hundred uh, fellas, yeah, right, eighty eight of that, eighty eight. What do you mean by fellas? You mean men in general? So eighty. So if you've got a hundred prisoners, yeah. right, that, um, so indigenous fellas in prison, okay. 
88 of those 100 will we'll be back, back in prison. We have rehabilitated 116 fellas, right, and we've had one guy go back. Wow, you should have started with that. That's a big result. And what do you think has caused that? It's That's very exciting. That should be shown to government. We, we, we're, we're trying to. So Steve's down in Canberra at the moment for the job summit um, and and we're trying to get in front of more people. Um, we're, you know, it's this is second chance for change. This isn't 156 chance for change. It's like people, there's got to be something at risk on the table as well for them. They've got to know that. I agree. Um, and, but what we're doing is for everything, whether it's, whether it's a, a, a program and by the, like Black Roo's got a DGRS. So um, we're, we're fortunate to be a charity where people can make donations and, and it's great for their tax return. Um, people can just donate for the fact that they just want to help. One of the things where we get the support from money is that people, we take people out to blunder or places like that. We show people what's going on and they can see that, you know, like there's always stats about uh, charities where so much of that money goes to administration. Yeah. Like we are, we, we'd be lucky if if 10% of what we do like goes to administration. It, it is all going to the people that need it. We 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 got so many people volunteering We've got so many, and Chris, uh, one of the cub members, is bringing out that app, which is going to be gold for us. Um, so there's an app coming out for. What does the, that do? Uh, so uh, Chris Ingate yeah. has got an app which basically you can um, you can volunteer your services. So say if you're a marketing person, you go on. It's like a it's like an air tasker for volunteers. Oh, good. So on that's going to allow uh, companies like us to get more support and you know go forward. Our, our goal, uh, not this year, coming up next year. Um, is called One Day's Pay. So we're, what we're trying to do is find a way um, to, to launch something where people give up one day salary and that's that's our that's that's going to be our, our thing is to is to, to raise our money is is essentially you know a lot of people want to do something and say how can I help okay we'll just give up a day's pay and you know if you're the CEO and you're on whatever great if you if you you know the guy washing the dishes you're given the same amount of time. Right, and the beauty from us having the DGRS is that it'll be you know you get it off your tax at the end of the year, and so that's what we're we're, we're trying to work a plan around in that. So when that app comes out, we can put some resources to it. Um, hopefully, that'll be something that you'll see from us soon. Well, I actually want to change the name of the episode from <laughs> yeah. the dumbest man in Coke to the importance of a uh, the importance of a path forwards or something like that. Nah, it's got to be I'll something because I really think that's the moral yeah. of this story today. I'll, I'll is. Dumbest guy in the room, I'll take. Oh, I actually want the <laughs> well, title. I, I definitely yeah, disagree yeah, yeah. with I, that. I, I think you're not. I think. But you're I say one thing. Smart, like, when I, when I, I, I stood there in, in Coke when I was 19, right, there were 50 people or so that were all getting jobs at the time, right, when they were trying to ramp up. Everybody got up and said, I want to be the, the, the you know, the CEO or I want to be the head of marketing or, you know, every, I remember everybody standing up there and saying something, sort of, I'm going to go and do this. The best thing about business is doesn't matter who you are, how it is. If I'm in the room with you, I can fucking win. And that's the biggest thing that people need to take away is that if you're in the room, you got a shot. You got a shot. Yeah. And the thing is that a lot of guys was everybody smarter. Guys, girls, every, the, the room was smarter. Like the you know the 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 guy outside that was cleaning the bins was smarter, right? But the thing is that like you know I can get there because I'm competing against you. That's the beauty of business. It doesn't matter if you're tall, short, whatever. If you're in there having a go, you can win. And that's, that's the beauty of it all, I think, for me. I love it. And let's wrap the episode up there. 
uh, to our listeners. If you want to uh, find out more about Robbie Allison, you can go to cub.club forward slash podcast and find more information there, um, especially if you want to get in contact with him and support uh, any of these amazing causes. If you want to catch up with Cub uh, on Instagram, it's at Club United Business. It's equally as awesome. Robbie, thank you so much for your Cheers, time brother. today. That was a br- it was really a brilliant conversation. Thank you. Thanks, my man. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed the show.